Welcome to the Broken Heart Club podcast episode number five. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to stick to the no contact rule because this is not a rule that is hard to keep doing for a long time. It is one of the most difficult things you'll probably ever do. So if you are listening to this, you probably made the decision to follow the no contact rule, maybe to get your ex back or maybe to just recover from the breakup. I support your choice. I assure you, no contact is the best move to make right now. If you are still not entirely convinced about why or how the no contact rule actually works, I would recommend you check out my previous podcast episode where I talk all about how and why the no contact rule works and why you should 100% do the no contact rule. But it's one thing to tell somebody to do something and another thing to help them keep doing it, right? Because a lot of coaches tell their clients and tell everybody, hey, do the no contact rule, do the no contact rule. But how to keep doing it? Because it's not something that can be easily done so consistently because I have a lot of clients who email me, hey, I started no contact, but I kept breaking it. I keep breaking it, what to do? So I have a lot of tips and techniques that you can use to keep doing no contact. Now, I will uh, tell you about my my own experience, uh, how, how I did it, and, uh, and these techniques have been used by my clients and a lot of other people, and it has worked. So let's, let's get to it. Now, this happened a long time ago. When my ex broke up with me, I could not believe what was happening. This was the closest thing to hell I've ever experienced. Nothing could ever prepare me for this. Seriously, no, like literally nothing. I never thought I would ever experience something like this. I mean, I've seen it in movies. I see, I watched movies and I saw people get broken up with and they're like crying and they go to the bar and get some drinks and then have sex with some random stranger. But I, I knew breakups would be like shit. Like I would feel like crap. But when it happened to me, I was like, oh my God, this is the worst I ever felt in my whole life. So I would like think about my ex and think about the breakup all day, literally all day. That's all I did, right? That's all I did. And that's pretty normal. If you're having that experience, that's very normal. And then I would think about my ex all day. Then I would go to sleep, right? And in my dreams, I would see her. She would come into my dreams and like we would go on dates and shit. And then I would wake up and I would realize, oh my God, that was just a dream. She actually broke up with me. This is my new reality. So my dreams were one avenue where I forgot that, uh, the, forgot the reality of the situation. But it was kind of very horrible in of itself because I would forget the situation and then I would get up and then I would just remember the whole thing all over again. So it was very fucking difficult, very difficult because all the future plans I made with her were all shattered. They were literally shattered. I didn't know what to do. The life I planned with her was nothing but a sad memory now. And I was like, well, screw it. What can I do to get her back? I went to Google, my very, very best friend, and typed in how to get your ex back. And that's when I found out about the no contact policy. Then I was like, all right, screw it. What do I, what do I have to lose? I'll do it. I'll do the no contact policy. The first, when I, when I started this, the first seven days were brutal, okay? All I wanted to do was talk. All I wanted to do was talk. Every iota of my body was like, text her, text her, text her, call her, call her, tell her you love her, tell her you miss her. But I couldn't be doing that. I couldn't be doing that at all. That would break the no contact rule. So the only thing I told myself was just survive the first seven 
days, okay? So when I was in day two, I told myself, all right, all right, just survive for seven days, okay? Because every inch of my body wanted to reach out to her, to beg her to come back. But I knew that was not going to work. Through sheer will and determination, I didn't reach out to her. As I explained in one of my previous podcasts, my brain was in fight or flight mode. This meant that my body was riddled with agonizing anxiety 24-7. I was also suffering from the withdrawal symptoms of love. My brain was missing those happy chemicals. Because when you're in love, you get all these happy chemicals, which means you're getting dope dopamine, serotonin, and all sorts of chemicals that make you feel really happy. Oxytocin, right? These chemicals make you really feel happy. And when the partner breaks up with you and you go no contact, you cut off all these amazing chemicals and your brain is not too happy about it. Your brain hates that, right? So it was very difficult. And I just kept telling myself throughout the days is that just survive seven days. Just survive seven days. And that is all I did. I survived seven days at a time. Okay, so when the seven days would be over, I would say, okay, let's survive another seven days, right? And then after another seven days would be over, I would say, let's survive another seven days. So I would kind of trick my brain into thinking that, oh, after seven days, I'll call or text them. But in reality, I would not do that. I would not call or text them after seven days. I would just lie to my brain that, hey, I'll I'll contact them after seven days. Don't worry about that. And then later on, you can translate that seven days into into 30 days. So you can tell your brain, okay, brain, listen, calm down. We're going to talk to her after 30 days. And then when 30 days are over, you tell, you do it again. You go another 30 days and then maybe 90 days. And then you keep going on uh, and you keep lying to your brain. Oh, I'll, I'll contact them after 30 days. Don't worry about it, brain. Don't worry about it, brain. You keep doing that until you don't really care to contact them anymore. At one point, you'll be like, you know what? I don't really care. So whatever. <laughs> so that's when you can stop this mentality. Because uh, th- this is a technique I learned from the 12 Steps program. And in 12 Steps program, it's based uh, the Alcoholics Anonymous. It's basically where they teach you how to stop drinking or stop any kind of addiction behaviors so what they would do is a person would come in right they would be like hey i i need to stop drinking i need some help and the people that give them the help say that hey listen try just try not to drink today and then the guy's like wait try not to drink today i'm i'm here so i can not drink forever i'm not here to not drink for a day and then the people are like people of the 12-step program they're like no that's the thing that's the thing you have to tell yourself You have to take one day at a time. You have to try not drinking one day at a time. You have to tell yourself that, oh, I'm going to drink. I'm not going to drink today, but tomorrow I'll drink. So these uh, alcohol addicts would tell themselves that tomorrow I'll drink for sure. Today I'm not going to drink. And then when the next day came by, they said that, okay, um, no, 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 no. Tomorrow I'll drink. Today I won't drink. So every day they kept doing that, right? They kept doing that one day at a time, one day at a time time because when you when they see saw that when addicts came in and said that oh they wanna not drink forever 
that is putting the goalpost way out of your reach. So you have to put the goalpost in your reach. So when you accomplish that goal, you set up a new goal, right? So when you accomplish the goal of doing no contact for seven days, you start another goal of doing it for seven, another seven days. So that's what you can do to keep doing no contact. It's a very, very amazing trick. Another trick is the, I like to call the, you might lose them forever trick, okay? So you have to remind yourself, you have to constantly remind yourself, if you do contact them right now, you would push them further back and might even lose them forever, okay? Which which is kind of true. Breaking no contact will lower your chances of getting them back. You have to give them some space. They ask for some space, you have to give them some space. And... Uh, anytime you think, oh, let me let me contact her, let me contact her. Think this, oh, if I contact her, I might lose her forever. And when you think that, then you'll be way, way, way less likely to break no contact. Because people break no contact because they don't see the consequences of it or they don't understand the consequences of it. Here's the consequence of it. If you break no contact, you might actually lose them forever. So if you want to avoid that outcome, keep doing no contact. And remind yourself, remind yourself that you might lose them forever if you don't keep doing no contact. And our next trick is the progress meter trick. Here's how it works. For every month, you take a piece of A4 size paper and draw 30 or 31 squares on it. Each square represents a day in the month. Hang it on your bedroom wall. After each day is over, put a tick mark on one of the 31 boxes. You should do it every night before you go to bed. The tick mark is meant to signify that you have finished another another day without breaking no contact. And once you complete seven days, it looks lovely, like you have completed a streak. Keeping your streak can be a massive motivator for not breaking no contact. It gives you a sense of accomplishment and keeps you on track. You'll think twice before breaking your streak. After you tick marked all 30 or 31, take yourself out for a date, treat yourself, then hang up another A4 size paper and keep repeating the process. One day you'll find yourself thinking, I really don't care enough to tick mark a box for not contacting my ex. That's the day you can stop. You will stop when you become completely indifferent. The opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. So the progress meter was such a handy tool for me. I would get up in the morning, I would look at the progress meter, right? I would be like, okay, so 30 squares are there. I need to tick mark all 30 of them after the end of the month. So before every night, before I went to sleep, I would tick mark that uh, one of the boxes in that A4 size paper and it would feel really good. It felt really good. I'm like, ah, I made an accomplishment. This whole day, I did not break no contact and that's like a, a accomplishment. So that's how I kept doing no contact. Every night, before I went to sleep, I ticked mark one box and I kept doing it. I kept doing, kept doing it. And there might come a time, you know, as I mentioned before, that you just don't care anymore to tick mark boxes in an A4 size paper. Uh, and then you'll just, you can just stop doing and just throw the A4 size paper in the garbage. It doesn't matter, right? But to get to that point, you're going to have to consistently keep yourself on track 
using this progress meter. And now this is another trick that is, uh, might be a controversial trick if I'm telling you the truth. This trick is not the healthiest trick, okay? This trick is not healthy at all, but you should only use this uh, trick if you have no other choice and you have been breaking no contact over and over again and you tried all that, all those tricks and it didn't work. So this trick will work, okay? Now, here's what you do. You need to realize that your ex has stabbed you through the heart. You're in pain because of them. It's time for you to strike back. The best way for them to feel the pain and consequences of losing you is to keep not contacting them. Put them in the state of doubt about their decision by not reaching out to them. Let them feel the pain. Remember, if you break no contact, you'll stop their pain. Well, but when you're in the devil mindset, we don't want that, do we? We want to inflict pain on our ex. So by doing no contact, we are inflicting pain. And if you stop doing no contact, they won't be hurt anymore. So it's you punching back. It's you telling her to fuck off or telling him to screw off, right? But this technique, okay, this bitterness and resentment, I would not encourage anybody to keep doing this technique for a long period of time. For true healing, your no contact needs to come from a healthier place. After period, abandon this devil mindset. See your ex with compassion, curiosity, and forgive them. The last thing they wanted to do was to hurt you, but there was no other way. So do use the devil mindset trick in your own caution because it is not the healthiest thing to do in the long run. But if you have no choice, then I would tell you, yeah, go ahead and do it. But even if you do do it, you need to stop doing it at one point because if you want to truly heal, you cannot ha uh, harbor so much resentment and pain and be so vengeful but 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 when when we're broken up there there's there is a part of us that wants to take revenge that wants to inflict some pain on them like oh you stabbed me i'm gonna stab you a little bit at least so no contact is a way that you can totally do that you can you can also stab them well i mean this is not the healthiest again this is not the healthiest way to think about things but if it keeps you doing no contact you know I support it, but I don't think you should do this for a long time. Eventually, you need to realize that your ex really didn't want to hurt you. And they're a person, they make mistakes, they fuck up, they screw up. And maybe they made the right choice, maybe they made the wrong choice. They don't know, they're just human. And you can't hold resentment on these people for forever. Because I've met these people that are forever resentful about their ex. And anytime their ex gets mentioned, they get really pissed off. They're like, fuck, fuck this. Oh, yeah. I remember him, fuck that guy, that guy's an asshole, blah, blah, blah. If you really want to truly heal properly, you're gonna need to forgive your ex. But that comes with time and that comes with a lot of patience, okay? Now, no contact, keeping no contact, doing no contact, not breaking it will no doubt be the hardest thing you've ever done because you're fighting against your basic human instinct to connect and reunite that has been instilled into us since the beginning of time. You're fighting an ancient neurological mechanism that was set in place to keep your loved ones. Hence, the extraordinary difficulty. Because we are designed as humans to connect, especially to the people 
people who we love, right? If you love someone, you want to talk to them. I mean, that's like a given. So when you are doing no contact, when you keep doing no contact, you're fighting against this basic human instinct. That's why it's so hard. That's why it feels like your whole universe is against you because your whole body, your whole brain, your whole psychology is against you. It's against human instincts to keep doing no contact. So I understand why it feels so difficult, right? Because I've been through it and it was difficult, but at the end of the day, it was something that was needed to be done in order for me to heal and in order to increase the chances of getting her back, right? And if she came, comes back, if she came back and I, I would make the decision, uh, oh, um, if, if I want to take her back or not. Because as I said in previous podcast that uh, you don't see all the fly, flat, red flags when you're in the relationship. When you're out of the relationship and in no contact, when the love starts to wear off a little bit, you can see what the relationship was and what kind of red flags you missed and what kind of incompatibility issues you missed. And I'm happy to say that that ex tried to come back. I say tried to come back because she came back. But guess what? I was dating somebody else. And I and even if I wasn't dating anybody else, I would still reject her because I realized during no contact that we were fundamentally just incompatible. And that's a truth that I did not want to see when we were in the relationship. When we were in the relationship, I didn't want to see that. But when we were out of the relationship and I was doing no contact, I started to see everything for what it was. But even if you realize the relationship was horrible, there were so many red flags, it's still hard. It's still hard to do because love, it's such like an emotional thing, right? So you can't really rationalize with love. You can't be like, hey, love, stop loving the person because this person is incompatible with us. I mean, it doesn't work like that, right? You can't tell your heart to not fall in love with somebody who's not incom not compatible with you, right? So it's it's hard to do. It's very hard to do. And after the period of my breakup, it was the the worst days of my life. And I and I could tell you that at the at the if you asked me then, I would say those were the worst days of my life. These are the worst days of my life. I'm in a lot of pain. But in retrospect, these worst days were actually the best days of my life. Now, let me explain to you why I say that. I read this quote a while ago from The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson, which is an amazing book. I recommend all of you read it. So, Segment Freud made a quote. He made a statement that, One day, in retrospect, the years of struggle will strike you as the most beautiful. And after I read that quote by, quote by Segment Freud, I was like, wait, how does this make any sense? And then when it hit me, it hit me so hard, I started crying because it made so much sense and it was so true. The worst days of your life in retrospect are your most beautiful days, okay? Now, this is my favorite quote in the entire world. When I read it, it makes me feel so good. Every time I read it, it makes me feel amazing. Because it says that your most painful, painful, horrible, horrible moments in retrospect can be actually good. I can honestly say that now when I look back at my own bad breakup, I can see how beautiful it really was. Yes, I was in pain. 
Yes, I was depressed. And yes, I was a complete wreck. But I was also learning a lot, trying to improve me by reading self-help books and forcing myself to get out of my comfort zone. I did whatever I could to survive. There were also a lot of days where I lay in bed all day and cried. I was all over the place. So why do I think that period in my life was the most beautiful? Our, f our favorite scenes. Okay, let's, let's think about it. Think about this for a second. Our favorite scenes in movies are usually not at the beginning where the hero is getting introduced or at the end when the villain gets his ass kicked. It's generally near the end. When you think the hero is defeated but somehow, some way, he miraculously defies all odds and comes out victorious. He makes the impossible possible. He does what nobody thought he could do. But more importantly, he does what he did not even think he could do. He exceeds his own expectations of himself. After that scene, the hero is changed forever. That scene is the most meaningful in the movie because it shows a dramatic transformation in our hero. Life-changing transformations occur on our most difficult days, not on our most happy days. Because difficult days force you to change and happy days don't. That is why it is your favorite scene and that is why my most beautiful moment in retrospect is my bad breakup, an incredibly cathartic period in my life. Because now when I look at it, I see a guy who was completely broken. When, when my ex left me, I was completely broken or I was totally screwed. I couldn't eat, I couldn't drink, I couldn't do anything. But somehow, some way, I slowly, slowly worked through that. I struggled a lot. I started reading about psychology. I started reading about breakups. I started working a lot harder than I used to. I started coming out of my comfort zone, doing things I would never do before, right? Like I was really pushing myself Every day I was kind of sad, but I was like, okay, I'm sad, but I can still work on myself. I can still learn things. So I, when I look back, I see a guy who is going through hell, but this guy is still going. Like this guy is not giving up. This guy is going through hell and is still going. He hasn't tapped out. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, you are in the complete shit. You're in hell right now and you're not tapping out. You are literally going through hell and you're not tapping out. You're not giving up. You're listening to this podcast. You, I don't know how you find this podcast. You're like, okay, this guy can maybe help me. Let me, let me see what he has to offer. Let me take his help. And you clicked on this podcast and you're listening to this podcast and in order to heal yourself, in order to not break no contact. And that's admirable. That's admirable. That's amazing that you're doing that. That's fucking incredible, man or woman, whoever, whatever gender you are, or non-binary, right? Because in retrospect, you will 100% look back to this moment and think, yo, I was so fucked up, but I went through that. I conquered that. I grew from that. And that's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. And in retrospect, that's why those these days you're having will be your best days, your most transformational days. So there will be 100% a day when you look back to this 
breakup and see it as the most beautiful moment in your life. A moment where you thought you were utterly defeated, but somehow, somewhere, you miraculously defied the odds and changed yourself forever. Whether you change yourself for the better or worse is up to you. You can come out of this as a bitter, resentful, and cynical person, or you can come out of this as a kinder, softer, and wiser person. It is your choice entirely because you are the director, writer, and hero of your own life's movie, okay? This is the part of the movie when the hero is almost dead, but somehow, some way, the hero comes back. The hero makes a comeback. The hero defies all odds. And in this situation, the hero is you. You are your own life's hero. And in this part of the movie, you've been struck really hard. You've been struck really hard by life. A breakup is horrible. It's one of the most devastating things that can happen to someone. But this is a moment not only of devastation, but of transformation. Whether this breakup was a breakup or was a breakthrough is up to you. That's what Tony Robbins talks about a lot, whether it, if it's a breakup or a breakthrough. Because I'm not saying you, should, you shouldn't be sad, you shouldn't cry, you shouldn't feel sad. Feel sad, cry, do whatever, be angry. It's okay, you can cry. It's good to cry, but it's, you should see that this situation can also be used for growth and not just for crying and not just for being depressed. You can be depressed and still grow. Okay, and you can take as long as you want to rest for, as I said before, for two months. I was just sleeping all day. I didn't do anything. I didn't do shit. I was sleeping all day. Literally, I would wake up, eat breakfast, sleep, eat cookies, go to sleep then sleep all day. Right. But I made a comeback after that. I took two months to sleep and then I started getting up more. I started sleeping less. I started reading much more. I started getting into self-improvement a lot. So take your time, whatever you do, remember to get back up and transform yourself. Because when you tra use this breakup as a catalyst for transformation, in the future, you're not going to see it as a horrible, horrible, horrible experience. Yes, it was a very depressing experience, but you'll say to your friends and you'll say to your family that, hey, yeah, she broke up with me, but after that breakup, I really changed myself. I really became a much better person, so I'm really glad that breakup will happen that breakup happened because I made myself into such a better person because of that breakup. So I would advise you highly to take opportunity of this breakup and use this breakup as a catalyst for transformation. Now, before I go, I have some book recommendations for you for this transformation. Now, I'll recommend you this book. At, it literally changed my life. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. And the second book I want you to read is Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. And the third book I want you to read is Happy at Last by Richard O'Connor. And because I love you guys so much, I'll give you a bonus fourth book recommendation that I just remembered. It's called The Atomic Habits. It really teaches you how to be disciplined. And if you have a huge problem with procrastination, I would 100% recommend you get that book. And there's another book. I'm forgetting. What was that book? Oh, yeah. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Okay. By Dale Carnegie. That book is amazing. It literally changed my life. I, and I mean it literally. It literally did change my life. Because there's a lot of stupid things I was doing before I read the book. After that I read the book, uh, I... 
I'm not doing that anymore. But that book does have all some stuff that is kind of stupid, such as criticism is bad and we should never criticize. I think you should, you can constructively constructively criticize somebody and properly in order to help them grow. You should not. You should not never criticize but he does make a good point that uh that if you criticize someone and you're not being constructive it's actually very hurtful and doesn't do any good anyways but those are my book recommendations for you and i hope you are able to transform yourself because of this breakup and emerge from this breakup as a butterfly i am what they call a breakup coach I've been working in this industry for the last three years. I've helped over hundreds of clients get the result they wanted. If you want help with your specific situation, I can totally help you because I understand that every situation is different, every breakup is different. There's no one glove fits all solution. If you want your ex back or just want to recover from the breakup, I can help you. If you want advice tailored to your specific situation, email me at brokenheartclubhelp at gmail.com. Again, brokenheartclubhelp at gmail.com. Let me spell it out for you. B R O K E N-H-E-A-R-T-C-L-U-B-H-E-L-P at gmail.com And yes, all the letters are in lower cases. There is no capital letters in the email. I, I'll probably uh, put my email in the description of the podcast so you can easily copy and paste it. Yeah, so that's it. If you need help, you can reach me there. That's all I have for you today. If you like my podcast, like my post, please, 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 please follow me, subscribe to me or whatever you need to do because there will be a lot more future content on your way. And always remember, no matter what happens, you will be okay. Eventually.